Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast for July 23rd. We're going to talk UFC on Fox 20, UFC on Fox. Uh, Chicago, UFC Fight Night Chicago, UFC Home versus Shevchenko. This thing had like six names. I don't know, but we're talking about it. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about Battleground, some more John Jones family drama going on. You could say that, definitely could say that. I am here solo tonight. Showdown Joe has the night off. Maybe here solo tomorrow night for Battleground. Don't know yet. Uh, still seeing if we can get somebody that is up to par for Fightful.com, my friends. Uh, Rob and Vince Russo have prior obligations. So uh, you, you may be stuck with me two nights in a row. We'll see. Yeah, the big story of the night, obviously, Holly Holm defeated by Valentina Shevchenko in I would say dominating fashion. It wasn't, you know, Holly Holm was never particularly in danger of being finished. But after that first round, she really made no adjustments and she paid paid the price for it. Holm won that first round. And I thought that was you know, obviously very promising for Holly Holm. But by round two, Valentina Shevchenko timed Holly Holm perfectly with that counter right and with the jab. And... Like I said, Holly Holm really made no adjustments and fought the fight the same way for rounds two, three, four, and five up until a desperate final 20 seconds. Then we saw a little bit you know, more urgent Holly Holm, but too little too late. This 135-pound division has been cracked wide open. It's not just a carousel between like Nunez, Shevchenko, Rousey, home Tate, you got to throw Juliana Pena and Kat Zingano in there as well because they're a part of that carousel. Kat Zingano defeated Misha Tate. And then Juliana Pena, Pena defeated uh, Kat Zingano. So really the top seven spots are very interesting. Meanwhile, you have Chris Cyborg out there trashing these two fighters. And I'm like, come on, I'll talk about that later. <laughs> Shevchenko looked really good, and she was touted as having defeated Joanna Jacek in Muay Thai like two or three times. Uh, no easy task, for sure. I really think UFC needs to get a hold of these Muay Thai fights to utilize on their uh, Fight Pass streaming service. I really do. Guys, if you all haven't, shared the link, share the link for the Fightful.com podcast and Fightful.com in general. With people, if you want us to keep bringing you these podcasts, great coverage on the website, things of that nature, help us out. Uh, we're going to be undergoing an overhaul. I think next week uh, we're going to push the changes live. We will have forums. Also, we have listened to you. Discus discussion boards will be available on the uh, stories themselves. I know many of the sites that I have been to in the past used Discus, and it seems to be the preferred method, so that's what we're going to go with. We were originally going to go with a a uh, more of a members-only type of thing. But you know what? We want to do what brings you back. So we're going with Discus. Also, 
There are audio versions of this podcast available now. All previous episodes go to our podcast page. I have direct download and streaming options in audio for the podcast. iTunes is coming soon, and I think Stitcher too. So yeah, a lot, lots of stuff happening on Fightful.com. We've got exclusive interviews, exclusive information, all kinds of stuff. Vince Russo is on podcasts with us. Rob McCarron, Jeff Hawkins from the award-winning Shake Them Ropes, which you all should absolutely check out. Their, their coverage this week was unbelievable. Um, my previews with Showdown Joe, just talking to Showdown Joe in general, such an MMA insider. Great to have him. Check out Fightful.com. Let people know about it. Post about it on Facebook pages, on Twitter, on Reddit, anywhere you can to help us out. We would greatly appreciate it. Yeah, Valentina Shevchenko looked really good. Really good. And, uh, you know, she, she tossed Holly home to the ground like a rag doll. That, that makes me wonder if, if Ronda Rousey had performed to her skill set, how things would have been different. And that's something I want to talk about. Holly Holm has spent the majority of her mixed martial arts career training for one opponent, and that was, that was Ronda Rousey. And she's starting to pay for it in the form of losing a fight late to Misha Tate and having Shevchenko run away with this fight. Now, I mean, Shevchenko is you – know, she's a pro boxer, a pro kickboxer, and an excellent MMA fighter. She lost to, to I think, Liz Carmouche in 2010 – and Amanda Nunes uh, via unanimous decision. But, um, you know, that obviously no shame in that game. No shame at all in losing to a Liz Carmouche or a Amanda Nunes, especially years ago. Um, somebody says, when are you talking about WWE? Later on, I can't put a time on it. Can't put a time on it. Yeah, uh, if you all oh, – he had a lot of people commenting about Vince Russo. Uh, we did a show with him – Thursday afternoon, we talked about him smoking weed and watching Raw, also the draft, things of that nature. He will be here uh, doing midweeks with us every single week. Very excited about that. Would have him on the post-pay-per-view, but he has other obligations, as does Rob and Jeff. So uh, we'll look at getting some other people on there as well. Holly Holm, she's not pushed to the back of the line because you never know what will happen. There could be injuries, and she could step in. You never know. But uh, this wasn't good for her. She wanted to get back in the cage quickly. And this was a bad stylistic matchup for her, especially when you consider, as I mentioned, that she has trained for the same opponent for or for years, for years. And since she defeated that opponent, she hasn't won a single fight. It's been, what, eight, nine months now? Man, this division, it's pretty wild. Pretty wild. Also on the show, what did you all think about post-USADA Gilbert Melendez? Old Gibbler, as Reebok called him one time, didn't look too good. Looked really heavy on his feet from the outset. I thought that that was not good. Not good considering the person he was facing in Edson Barboza, who just, the Brazilian buzz saw that guy, just cuts through people's legs with those leg kicks. You know, if it's anybody else throwing leg kicks for three rounds, I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. I don't want to watch this. When it's Edson Barboza, I cringe. I worry about the sake of the other person in the cage with him because those are the most violent leg kicks I've seen in mixed martial arts. There, there are a few Muay Thai people 
I mean, a few Muay Thai fighters, a few kickboxers that that maybe throw better leg kicks. But hot damn, Edson Barboza. Back-to-back wins over Anthony Showtime Pettis and Gilbert Melendez. I can't say that a lot of people expected that. Um, you know, everybody thought the world of him after that Terry Adams spinning wheel kick. I personally, that that wheel kick changed me as a human being because I got in the gym every single day and worked on that wheel kick until I could throw it. Can't anymore. But uh, it's it's a crazy tactic, and it's one that, that he can really utilize unpredictably. And where a lot, whereas a lot of fighters, they t- they'll telegraph it. They will uh, look over their shoulder too early. They'll spin a little too early. They will pivot off of the wrong foot. Even I've seen that and try to turn it into a switch. Really weird stuff sometimes. But um, yeah, Edson Barboza looked really, really good. Melendez did threaten briefly in the second round. Uh, Joe Rogan said that Edson Barboza was rocked. I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know that. Barboza was that hurt, but if if he was, he recovered pretty quickly and shucked off Gilbert Melendez like a child to the floor. He was not worried whatsoever about the takedown. We have our own Carlos Toro in the uh, in the chat, by the way, uh, handling things. So yeah, check out his fantastic boxing coverage that he's been doing lately. Somebody asks about. They say, "Where's Ronda Rousey?" She's expected back at the end of this year, maybe maybe early next year. She did film that commercial for Reebok talking about how, you know, perfection isn't a good thing because you don't get a chance at redemption and yada yada. So I think she'll be back. She did say at a, I think either on a talk show or at a luncheon recently that she wants to get her title back. So that, that would put her against Amanda Nunes. And then you still have fights against Holm and Rousey because, or Holm and Tate. Because those will still make money, uh, no matter what. Edson Barboza, just man, those those leg kicks are something else. And attacking those post USADA Giblert Melendez legs, oh boy. Melendez hasn't looked very hot in the UFC, and he had, as I said on our post show or our pre show preview with Showdown Joe, he has a habit of fighting into the styles of his opponents. Even in his one UFC victory over Diego Sanchez, he did that. And it's really, really hurting him. I think he has one win versus three losses in the UFC. One win since 2013. He beat Josh Thompson in 2012, but that was by split decision. And, you know, with a different set of judges, it could have went either way. He beat Masvidal in 2011, but I think he's done at the top levels. I don't think that he is going to beat top five opponents anymore. I don't think he's at that level. I think that he has fallen a bit. And, you know, not good for him. 34 years old, that's, you know, that's the age. As Joe says, 32 is generally when it happens. So 34, maybe a little bit past his time. And he's coming off of a year on the shelf after that that uh, violation for PEDs. We had Francis Ngannou. I think that's how I pronounce his name. Just Molly Wop, Bohan Milhovic. Just a minute 34, he stalked Bohan out, destroyed him with punches. And Bohan was, you know, protesting the stoppage, but come on, let's be real. That was it. It was done. You weren't going to be protesting that stoppage if Herb Dean didn't step in in the first place 
because Ngannou would have just continued the onslaught. You weren't getting up from that, buddy. Far worse things than being TKO'd by this monster. As our own Justin Golightly said on Twitter, Ngannou looks like a USADA official just slips him a piece of paper underneath his door, terrified, and says, nah, you're good. You're good. We're not going to test you. I'm not speculating that he's on PEDs, but man, he is just a freak, a freak of humanity. Human beings are not supposed to look like that. Different kind of genetics on that guy. Just unbelievable. Three straight wins in the UFC's heavyweight division. That's not easy to do no matter who you are because it's so unpredictable. It's, you know, if you look in the general direction of another heavyweight, you stand a fair chance of of them going to sleep. Somebody says, home got work tonight. She absolutely did. She got countered an awful lot. And like I said, didn't seem interested in changing. She did get headbutted pretty early in the fight. And that couldn't have helped. Opened up a cut. She got put on her back and was flat on her back. Much like Michael Page a couple weeks ago. I said, that doesn't look good. That's really bad if you run into a wrestler. Fortunately for her, aren't a lot of great wrestlers in the 135-pound division. But she's facing a woman that, if there was a 125-pound division, would be there. Because the size difference was evident. Very evident. Holm did look in incredible shape, though. Just great. CM Punk was in attendance with AJ Lee, who looked you know, very shy. I thought it was kind of funny the house DJ played Cult of Personality after they showed CM Punk. I'm looking forward to that fight. Not like from a freak show perspective, anything of that nature. Just... Looking forward to that fight. Yeah, going back to Barboza, he just made Melendez rethink his entire career with those kicks, as people are pointing out. Just, yeah. Uh, the, the show opened with Felice Herrig returning after, gosh, I think she hadn't fought since April of 2015. And she looked really good. She took... Kaylin Kern to the woodshed. Didn't just take her to the woodshed. Locked her in there and didn't feed her for about a week. She opened up with some nice leg kicks, something that, that Felice Herrig traditionally has had. Then walked, I, I don't know if she walked into a flush head kick from Kern, but she walked into it a little bit, but was really setting up a takedown. And from then on, that's a wrap. Herrig was in Curran's half guard and did a beautiful pass to take the back and then just set up the choke. Had to, had to readjust it a couple of times. Didn't look in there very well. And I don't know if Curran went out or if the ref just had had enough. I didn't think that she went out. Somebody said Rhonda was on roids. That would be a neat trick. She got drug tested probably as much as anybody um, ever has in the UFC. <laughs> Maybe outside of Brock Lesnar, but we see how that turned out. Speaking of PEDs, we'll talk about this a little bit. John Jones's brother, Arthur, of the Indianapolis Colts, popped for PEDs. Now, they don't disclose what the substance is often in the NFL because I, I don't know if it's because of HIPAA laws. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a football journalist. I do know, however, having experience with ADHD, that a lot of times the NFL players will blame it on Adderall because it's like, you know, the least offensive substance that they could take. 
so they're like, oh, you know, it's Adderall. It's Adderall. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's that's what came out. As it turns out, that's what Roman Reigns apparently popped for, which yeah. – So <laughs> you all think that, that uh, they're showing up at Chandler Jones's house like, hey, buddy, this doesn't have anything to do with anything, but we're going to need you to take a piss. You know. John Jones, yeah, John Jones and his brother, Arthur, both got popped and his other brother – their other brother, Chandler, is in the NFL as well, so you better believe somebody's showing up at his house soon. Just, he's about to be bare from knees to nips, and he's going to have to pee in front of some dude, and he better hope it ends up clean. Yeah, not not good if the whole family's involved in it. it Arthur has said previously that he, he would consider a UFC career after uh, his NFL days are done. Yep. So there's that. Arthur Jones popped. More fun from the uh, UFC show. Eddie Wineland looked really good. I questioned him on the the preview because he had said, you know, I said that he had a foot out the door, and I thought he did. He proved me wrong. Uh, I saw him get his jaw broke in Cincinnati, and it was terrifying to watch. And I saw what that psychologically did to him when he spoke in interviews and said that he almost retired. And of course, when you have, when you've had your jaw wired shut on multiple occasions, I'm sure that you are thinking, do I really want to come back from that? I knew a, a girl who played NCAA division one soccer, tore her ACL three times, came back. And in her senior year, I think she played for three weeks and tore her meniscus. And, you know, she had red shirted and all that stuff. And, can't be easy to fight back from that when you break your jaw two or three times and you, you tear your ACL two or three times. Uh, to her credit, she was out there playing soccer for 90 minutes with a giant knee brace on, so more power to her. But, yeah, I think that Eddie Wineland proved a lot of people wrong. Still a top 15 uh, bantamweight and did nothing but to uh, further solidify that by stopping Frankie Signs with a uh, third-round TKO. Needless to say, we all saw the signs. We sure did. Someone asks if I think that the WWE will take action against Brock Lesnar. No, and I'll tell you why not. In their own wellness policy, which is publicly available, they say that they only test regular active athletes or active competitors. He isn't one. Vince McMahon also doesn't get tested. He has said as much. Brock Lesnar also hasn't performed since WrestleMania. I, they're not they're not driving to or flying to Minnesota or Canada or Alaska, wherever the hell Brock Lesnar is on that given week hunting elk and testing him. USADA is. The United States Anti-Doping Agency is. Not the WWE. So usually when they test people, it's at TV. So if you fail one of their tests, you're pretty stupid because – you know when they're coming, not not necessarily all the time, but you know when you're going to get tested, and it's usually at TV. Somebody says WWE lets their wrestlers do PEDs. No, that's not the case. Their, their testing is legit. It's just very predictable. Now, Brock Lesnar is not subject to any um, athletic commission suspension in New York or SummerSlam is going to be because they don't license individual wrestlers. They only license the state. 
So, yeah. Somebody says, Brock has asthma and he had 12 inches of his colon removed. He can cheat a bit. Hey, man, I've always said the dude had a surgically removed butthole. Let it slide a little bit. Somebody says, why does WWE got a test for PEDs? It ain't real. WTF. I've explained this a couple of times, but the reason that they test isn't the same reason that the UFC tests. The UFC wants to catch cheaters. They wanted to catch Brock Lesnar cheating. The UFC or WWE tests because they don't want people overdosing on pills in hotel rooms before pay-per-views. They don't want people's hearts exploding at 35 the morning that you're going to take SmackDown. You know, that's happened. You know, they, they have a, it's a wellness policy, not a, you know, it's different. Somebody says, talk Bellator 159. I will. Um, Darren Elkins defeated Godofredo Pepe. Elkins reminds me of a guy who is probably really a lizard that puts on a human skin suit whenever he talks. Yeah, dominant victory. I, I'll say this, man, I love that the, that the judges in Chicago, they nailed it. For all the times that you'll hear us talk about bad judges and crappy judges, man, these judges in Chicago lit it up. I, I want to buy an edible arrangements for every judge on this card. They did so good. And they handed out 10 eights liberally. And that's been happening a lot lately, and I like it. I love it. I think it's great. Uh, I think it ha- should happen a lot more. So more power, more power to these judges. Um, what I didn't like was the uh, referee in uh, the Prisaris Cottrell fight that let Cottrell fight for about two or three minutes without a mouth guard in. That's shit, bro. You got to fix that. I wear a mouth guard when I do indie wrestling appearances. When I train, like I I wear headgear on occasions when I when I you know go into the gym and take bumps. And that's something I learned from you know, seeing all the stuff at the Performance Center, seeing how a lot of wrestling schools are doing it now. Um, you wear headgear and you wear a mouth guard to decrease your susceptibility to a concussion. No exceptions for UFC fighters. That decreases your susceptibility to gain a concussion. Also to bite your own damn tongue off. Uh, Cowboy Oliveira defeated Munta. Oh, so the story of this Muntashri Oliveira fight was the fact that Muntashri was able to come back after just taking a real rocker to the balls. I'm talking like it would have ended my career. But Muntashri was up in two or three minutes. He didn't even take the full five minutes. This guy, what a gent. Somebody says, Sean, do you look as good as Michael Cole in a helmet and a mouth guard? If it's Michael Cole back when he wore that, Yes, if it's Michael Cole now, no. That dude is absolutely ripped. I wouldn't say that I'm in bad shape or anything, but Michael Cole. Have you all seen that guy lately? I think he posted like some Instagram pictures. I know WWE.com did a story. That dude got in ridiculous shape. Ridiculous shape. Good for him. Kamar Usman uh, defeated Yakolev, and Yakolev got a point deducted. Another 10-8, another fight where a 10-8 got scored. Uh, same with Prozrez and, and Cottrell, like that. Uh, Usman looked good, all I can really say. Uh, the Oliveira fight also got a 10-8. Happy with that. Jason Knight defeated Jim Ay- Ayler's Allers. 
I think it's Ehlers. Jason Knight, <laughs> such a hillbilly, but it was great. He was really good on the promo before. He, man, Ehlers was gotten to by the trash talk of Knight inside that cage. A guy who had been in the UFC for about two, two and a half years, just, just absolutely gotten to. I always knew Jason Knight could be something more than just Incredibles lackey. Always knew it. I believed in you, Jason Knight. Good for him. Luis Enrique defeated Dimitri Smokalov by rear naked choke round two. Uh, impressive finish for a 22-year-old heavyweight in Henrique. Like I wrote on the report, most of the UFC heavyweights tend to skew older. So him getting the jump, getting this first victory in the UFC after uh, starting off with a loss, very important for him. Very important for him. Yeah, I'll talk a little Bellator 159 before we get into pro wrestling. Of course, again, remind you. I want to remind you, uh, go register on the Fightful.com page. You'll get access to a lot of exclusive content. A lot of the content that has been up there uh, for unregistered members will be members only, but it doesn't cost you a dime. Never will. Completely free. Register. I'm going to be doing all kinds of fun stuff on there. I have a segment coming up, uh, Wikipedia True or False, where I talk to MMA fighters, pro wrestlers. We go down through their Wikipedia page, and they'll tell me what's true or false. Thus far, nobody's batting a 1,000. Everybody's Wikipedia page has had a lie on it thus far. So that's pretty cool. I'm working on maybe getting a segment. I, I train or used to train with a catch wrestling team out of Maysville, and I'm hoping I can get a segment going where they will break down pro wrestling techniques that really work in MMA and show you how to do them. You know, there's, there's a big crossover there. We want to be the best crossover site possible. If you haven't checked out the site and you just use the YouTube, um, check it out, man. All kinds of cool stuff. MMA, wrestling, and boxing. You can filter whatever out you want. Like, if you don't care about MMA, wrestling, or boxing, you can filter that particular thing out. So that, that's pretty cool as well. Also, like I said, you get content from Vince Russo and Showdown Joe. That's always fun. Please share the page. It is very important to us that you do. Let people know about it. We're not all over the internet yet. Uh, but uh, hopefully big things are coming because we're pouring a lot of resources into this. So uh, Bellator 159. Darian Caldwell's a big prospect. And, you know, it's almost a bummer for Bellator that this happened, but he got caught. He got caught carelessly going in uh, with, with a pretty reckless takedown. And Joe Chimanglo, baby, baby Joe, caught him with a guillotine choke nine seconds into the round. It was almost an immediate tap, too. Caldwell is, you know, you live and you learn. This happened with Will Brooks. Will Brooks got caught by Syed Awad and then came back and beat him, and he is where he is now. He's a big name. So, I, you know, I don't think anything – you know, I don't consider this like a giant loss for Caldwell. But big for Time Anglo. Uh, Melvin Gillard did get – Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Big victory, though, over Dave Rickles. It was the most Gillard and the most Rickles fight ever. Gillard missed weight, of course. And, you know, he looked tentative. And 
at times he has looked like he is a top five talent at 155 because of that speed. Now that speed hopefully translates to 170 because he will have a speed advantage over 170 pounders. He said it was his last fight at 155 and it needed to be. He misses weight a lot. Rickles just got destroyed by those elbows though. That was nasty. Good for Melvin Gillard. Um, a lot of people don't like the guy. I like him. You know, he showed me up for an interview last week, but I like him. I like him. He's always been good to me personally. But uh, don't know why companies schedule these fighters for interviews like right as they start to cut weight or as they don't start to cut weight in Melvin's case. Um, because, yeah, honestly, when, when we interview those people, we can tell when they started a weight cut because they're absolute dicks to deal with. But, you know, big win for him. Good for him. He needed that win. And Bellator needed him to win that fight. Uh, much like Caldwell, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a setback. But Dave Rickles isn't going to be hurt big time by this. His entrance kicked so much ass, by the way. How can you not like him? Daniel Weichel defeated Emmanuel Sanchez. Emmanuel Sanchez, a prospect uh, who I have an exclusive interview with up on the site, also talked to him about his training partner, CM Punk. That's coming up soon exclusively on the site. Uh, Sanchez went to a split decision, if you'd believe that. The last four fights he's had, split decision. Uh, only difference is this time Weichel defeated him, and he may get a title shot now. As Sanchez told me in the interview that I had with him on Fightful.com, it's been a revolving door at 145. You got to get some new blood in there. You got to get some new fighters fighting. Um, so hopefully Weichel or Weichel and uh, Strauss soon. I love watching Daniel Strauss fight. Also, the next Bellator show is like, man, like s- several weeks away. But Henderson versus Pitbull, sign me up, dude. I am all about that fight. I don't know about the Congo, I think, Johnson fight. Congo and Tony Johnson that was announced for 161. Yeesh. Somebody says, Sean, we know you'd kill CM Punk. I absolutely would not kill CM Punk here. Uh, I haven't trained regularly in – I had a car accident in late 2011, and I haven't trained regularly since then. I went and trained with, like, Jessamine Duke when she was in Kentucky, and I got to go to a seminar with Billy Robinson. If you all don't know who Billy Robinson is, Google him. Like, pro wrestling, MMA, whatever. He is a godfather, and I couldn't pass that up, but I've had some pretty bad shoulder injuries. Uh, But, I mean, CM Punk would kick the living shit out of me at this point. But I do like to go in and train every once in a while because, you know, I like to have an idea of what I'm talking about. I don't want to get on here and blab you guys and not have any clue what I'm talking about. So that's why, you know, I did some, still do some pro wrestling training and MMA. Somebody says, Sean, why did you decide to bury young talent like Jade Grooms one years ago at Tag Partners Clash? You got a Reigns reaction from the crowd. I did not get a Reigns reaction from the crowd. I did not. Um, so somebody looked me up on YouTube. Jay Grooms, one of my coaches, by the way. So yeah, that's well. Also, I want to talk this cyborg stuff. Hot damn, this woman! I did an editorial on her on uh, Fightful.com. Go to our MMA sec- section, scroll down. It's under "Say What." Chris Cyborg says she deserves her own division in the UFC, but not so fast. She called out. Tate, Nunez, Rousey, and Holm because they have fought at divisions besides 135 and won't fight at 145. 
all of these women have been 135 champions. So obviously that's a that's an optimal division for them. You know, Cyborg is in such a thin division. I've been through she beat a woman at 140 pounds who was eight, seven, and one. The number 13 ranked fighter at Cyborg's division is 2 0. The number seven woman in the division is four and three and washed out of the UFC years ago. There is another woman who in the top 10 who is leaving the division to fight at 135. You all remember India Gomez? You probably don't. She was supposed to fight Cyborg. It was supposed to, you know, give her a tough fight, yada, yada. India Gomez was the one who called the UFC fighters strippers and then moved to 135 and got her ass kicked and never fought again after a couple times. Because that 145 division isn't much to speak about. Somebody says, I can't read your sponsor board behind you. It says Fightful.com and DraftBeast.com. I got to figure something out with this, this board. Um, Cyborg wants her own weight division. She wants 145. There's nobody to fight there. There are not many 135ers, maybe one or two, that would move up in weight. Most of them would move down in weight at 125. So that I don't know. Uh, Lena Landsberg is in the 145 division. She's 34 years old. Charmaine Tweet, Cyborg's already beat her. She's 39. Tough as nails, but she's 39. Latoya Walker, she's 36. Meanwhile, Jermaine Durandamy wanted to fight Cyborg. You don't hear that a lot. People calling out Cyborg. So when that happens, she's willing to move up to 140. Then Cyborg's like, nah, I'm good. I want to go defend my title in Invicta. She gets that opportunity. She's not on that Invicta card this month. What's the deal? What is the deal? And then she had the balls to trash Holman Shevchenko, saying they're incomplete fighters. They're fighting. They made the weight. I don't get it. Like, Cyborg is such a special talent, such an attraction, such a feature. And she says this stuff all the time, all the time. You know, fight Tanya Evinger. Tanya Evinger, I'm sure, would fight at 145 against Cyborg. And I think Tanya Evinger would give her a tough fight. She's a woman who should have been in the UFC quite a while back. I just don't get it. Cyborg has already screwed herself out of millions of dollars by not taking that fight with Ronda Rousey. A lot of people don't know this. Ronda Rousey signed to fight Cyborg in 2013. That fight against Carmouche was supposed to be against Cyborg, and Cyborg asked for her release. It was over money, not weight. Then a year later, Cyborg says she's going to make weight. You have every major nutritionist in MMA offering to work with her, wanting to work with her, because if they work with a woman who once said that she would die making 135 and they do it no problem, how many customers do you think they're getting? So, you know, George Lockhart and Mike Dolce were all about it. They were all about it. So, yeah, um, I don't get it. I love watching Cyborg fight, but this stuff she says, I don't know. Speaking of that Invicta card, good luck to Jessamyn Duke, friend of the site, fellow Kentucky girl. Going to talk a little wrestling. Roman Reigns came back with his one-month-off Adderall beard. No, he, you know, he's he's there. We've got a video up of it on the site. Go to the uh, wrestling section, and we do have a video of his return. Interested in Battleground tomorrow. Should be fun. Not the greatest card in the world, but we kind of already have some interpromotional matchups, right? 
We have Enzo, Cass, and John Cena against the club. Now, what I want to ask you guys, who's getting the rub here? Is John Cena getting the rub or is Enzo and Cass? Because I think it's like a mutual thing. John Cena will get the positive reaction of being with Enzo and Cass, but Enzo and Cass, you know, by association with the most popular, most or most visible guy in the company, it's pretty cool. It shows how much faith the WWE has in Enzo and Cass early on. Also, Simon Gotch pulled from the road. I was told precautionary health reasons after Sin Cara beat his ass. Beat his ass. Not, not disciplinary from what I was told. I could have been told wrong, though, but this source has never steered me the wrong way. Sin Cara still on the road. I have been told by several people, Sin Cara is somebody you do not want to mess with. Sasha Banks versus uh, Charlotte and Dana Brooks. Sasha Banks with a mystery partner. Who do you guys think it's going to be? Because I think that the air will come out of the room if it's Nia Jax. But at the same time, I feel like if it's up to Vince McMahon, it'll be Nia Jax or somebody like that. Because you know how he is. He thinks that that's a big surprise. But everybody wants Bailey. But do they want somebody that might take the shine away from Sasha Banks? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but WWE, I don't know what they're doing with the women's division. They need to float that title. There are not enough women. Even if even if Emma and Nikki Bella come back, there are not enough women uh, in that division. Somebody says, talk UFC 201. We're talking UFC 201 this Wednesday with Showdown Joe. Uh, we will be uh, have a live viewing party, so come to the site. We're going to have Discus up by then. I'm so happy that some of my followers from other sites um, – uh, will be able to contact or you know keep in touch with me by traditional methods through through those comment boards. I know that you all like those a lot more, so I know it makes it more user friendly, and that's what we want to do. Also on Battleground, Becky Lynch versus Natalia, cool. They're probably going to continue that on SmackDown. Not a lot to talk about. Miz versus Darren Young, and Rusev versus Zack Ryder. I feel like the the result of these two matches has kind of been given away by the fact that that uh, they're on different brands. Because Darren Young would have to win to bring a title to his brand, or to, to, you know, to even out the titles, rather. And I don't think Zack Ryder's winning. I especially don't think Zack Ryder's winning with Mojo Rawley coming up and Kurt Hawkins maybe getting signed. Maybe we've got a love triangle there. Who knows? But... But you never know. Uh, you know, they could put the U.S. and Intercontinental title on SmackDown and have the women's and cruiserweight title on Raw. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. I'm done trying to guess. Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. <laughs> this feud will not end, but I do hope that it leads to them teaming. I've said that on a couple of occasions. I, I hope that it leads to them teaming because – that tag division on Raw, unless they make trades, and they really need to make some trades. It's getting weird where they're screwing with people. But then you've got the club, you have the Dudley Boys, you have Enzo and Cass, New Day, and then you have Zayn and Owens. However, I think that Zayn is going to be put in that cruiserweight division. He had been billed as 212 pounds until the cruiserweight division was announced. Now he's being billed at 205 pounds. Also, I love that – you know, it's funny. I love that – they build it. Or they they decrease the weight of the cruiserweight division. It used to be two hundred and twenty to two hundred and twenty five pounds. Now it's two hundred and five pounds. 
which in MMA is light heavyweight division, but they're not going to call it that because maybe because Vince thinks the connotation, this is me speculating. I'm not saying anything that I know, but knowing him and from what, you know, his past history, he probably thinks that light heavyweight seems like, you know, lesser heavyweight. That's just me assuming again, I'm not revealing any inside shit, but, um, also, you got to decrease that weight because wrestlers are smaller. They are not pumping themselves full of steroids as much, if at all, in the UF or in the WWE. And let's be real: two hundred and five pounds is still a pretty large, in shape human being. Two hundred and sixty-five pounds is the heavyweight limit in the UFC, and you have guys that are way over that, way over that. By the way, guys, who do you all want to see on these podcasts? Let me know. In the business, out of the business, uh, other podcasters on YouTube, if you all would like that and you all wouldn't thumbs down the hell out of it and hate it, send me some names. I've approached a few people, and uh, I have actually approached Glenn Gilberti uh, because I think he is entertaining as hell on MLW. But unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, Sunday nights aren't good for him, so – Somebody says, I want to see God in these podcasts. God has not made a wrestling-related appearance since Backlash 2006 in that tag match against the McMahons with Shawn Michaels. I regret to this day not going to Rupp Arena to watch God wrestle. Somebody says, Vince Russo sounds good to me. He's booked. Somebody says, Raj Geary. Raj Geary's booked as well, obviously, guys. I wouldn't mind having Raj on a podcast. I like Raj. Uh, and, of course, Raj is... Raj knows the business. Somebody says, "If could you imagine if Punk and AJ Lee were still in the WWE? Guarantee you Vince would. And then, then it stopped. Sorry. <laughs> Somebody says, get Cody Rhodes on. I would love to get Cody Rhodes. Somebody says, get Jim Cornette on. Jim Cornette does not watch wrestling anymore. Or else, you know, I wouldn't mind that. How do you think the WWE feels and these talents feel? Ryback, Cody Rhodes, Wade Barrett with – this brand split, more opportunities opening up, and then reaching out to guys like Jinder Mahal. What? No disrespect to him, but Jinder Mahal. Somebody said, get Cornette and Russo together. I tried. I'll just say that. I've tried. I have tried. You all think that this is like some, oh, well, well, you all need to get that. Like I haven't cooked that up. Come on. I've tried to do that. Man. Somebody says, lure Jim Cornette on here. Then when Vince is on the call to see that conversation, I've thought about doing that too. But, you know, I don't want to get buried on one of uh, Jim's podcasts. I was actually supposed to interview Jim for the Muhammad Hassan story, but it didn't work out, unfortunately. Somebody says, please get JR. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, he's got a busy travel schedule, though. And I'm not sure that if that video is something he's interested in doing. Uh, if you all express to me that you don't mind not having a guy on video, I could really get almost anybody. What else is on Battleground? The triple threat match, obviously. The Shield triple threat, which I think should have been saved for WrestleMania. To me, that is a bona fide WrestleMania main event. Period. Three top names you've never had the match before. Happens on Battleground. Is what it is. Can't stop it. Unpredictable, though. Don't know who's going to walk out as champion. I like that. So a lot of these matches are unpredictable. Um, I would imagine Cena, Enzo, and Cass are going to win their match. Don't know about Becky Lynch, Natalia, Owens, Zayn. 
Uh, New Day Wyatt family. I would imagine that the Wyatt family loses, and then Wyatt and Rowan take it out on Strowman, something of that nature. Uh, usually, mystery partners win, so Sasha is probably going to win her match, and of course that'll set up her run for SummerSlam, which they, they were just like, "Hey, let's just retread a couple storylines for a while." Um, just ugh. somebody says, "Get Bischoff." We have reached out to Eric Bischoff. I'll say that. Uh, no word one way or the other, but I would love to have a weekly show with Eric Bischoff or have him on post-pay-per-views. I would love it. You know, as as you know, he's in and out of the business. He's not always necessarily, like, all about it. See, a lot of my contacts, a lot of my friends in the business are, like, under contract, either WWE, TNA, or Ring of Honor. Uh, I don't think I have anybody that's in New Japan, but... You know, that, that causes a bit of a conflict. I don't want to have a TNA person on here unless it's broken Matt Hardy. I would love to have him on here and talk WWE. I think that's a little disrespectful to their brand. Um, what else do we have here? Miz, Darren Young. I think Miz wins that. I think Rusev beats Ryder. Let's check out some of the wrestling headlines of late. We have Edge and Christian talking Roman Reigns' wellness policy up on the site. Jeff Hardy acted super weird at an indie show. A uh, Not an indie show. It was at the Gathering of the Juggalos, which, you know, not a fan of their music, but I have been told by everybody from wrestlers to Bill Apter that the Insane Clown Posse treat their wrestlers and pay them very well. So he went weird after a match and started to, like, senton bomb some ladders and drop kick tables and stuff with nobody in the ring. And Matt Hardy kind of covered his ass by saying that he's under his control. I don't know. Hope everything's okay with Jeff Hardy. Cody Rhodes offered some details about uh, his match with Goldust. He said that was it. There was never a planned match for WrestleMania. It was just um, fast lane or whatever the hell that was. And that he was pissed about it. It, it fell flat. It was super weird all around. That should have been a WrestleMania match, or at least a pre-show. Ricochet says he wants to come to the WWE. He's going to be waiting a while, though. He is under contract until 2017. Well, assuming that the third season of Lucha Underground stretches into 2013. And the way that his contract is stipulated is that he is under contract for six months after season three airs. Now, a lot of people signed seven season contracts. Not seven years, but seven seasons. Like Son of Havoc said that one time on the air, and people thought that you know he was bullshitting. No, he was shooting. That, that's that's legit. Some of these people signed seven season contracts. In the case of people like Eva Lee, I'm like, man, I wonder if that was a good idea because you want to talk about somebody that would be big in the WWE. Eva Lee as a heel, she would be just legit. Noelle Foley, this is a little bit of old news, but I just ran the story. She said that her parents wanted her to be gay and don't like her boyfriend. Don't think they're an exclusive company there, but I've never met the guy. Harry Smith says Triple H is full of shit when he said that he didn't hear that Bret Hart had problems with their WWE 2K rating. Well, let me tell you, I love the Hart family, personally. They're, they're very good people. But Bret Hart had the wrong numbers on those ratings they weren't right they were not right 
what else do we have? Yeah. The new Raw and SmackDown logos released. What did you all think about that? I didn't think they were terrible. As as Alex, our great uh, recapper, wrote, wait till you all see this story, by the way, that Alex has about a 61-year-old man boxing the piss out of a bear. It's releasing tomorrow. Got to get you something fun for that Sunday reading, right? Right? Um, I like the logos, but as Alex said, it looked like somebody just turned the M on a Dodge Ram logo upside down. Cool, whatever. I'm glad they're making changes. I hope they make changes in how it's shot. I hope they make changes to colors. I hear a lot of people saying sets. I wouldn't be against new sets, but what you all have to understand is that's very labor-intensive. Like they that that's more money that the WWE has to spend to set that thing up, to tear it down, all that just to just to uh, you know a set that you're going to see a little bit. They have an LED screen. Somebody says, "What about John Pollock? I think he already does a post show. Um, I, I might reach out to Sam Roberts and um, Peter Rosenberg, though. I like those. But if John Pollock could do it, I would absolutely do it. Both need new themes. Yeah, I agree. As I pointed out, uh, somebody asked who is Sasha's mystery partner. I think it's Bailey. I think it should be Bailey. Somebody says, we need the fist, Sean. The fist can be put up on that damn screen. Anyway, about the new themes. The Raw theme right now is the second longest they've ever had after the – oh, no, it's, I think it's third longest. After the Union Underground across the nation and um, the Thorn in Your Eye, both of those. And the SmackDown is the fifth longest out of uh, ten of them. Teddy Long says that MVP and Shelton Benjamin are coming back to the WWE I like that. If they're a tag team, put them on SmackDown as like the angry old man tag team that that are back and you know they're pissed off because their entire WWE careers were while the brand split happened. Sure, bring them back. I would love them as a tag team. Uh, Paul Heyman's WWE contract reportedly expires, but he's still expected at SummerSlam, according to Ryan Satin, a pro wrestling sheet. Good. He needs to be there. He absolutely needs to be there. Uh, Guys, check out Fightful.com. Please share the site. Share the stories. Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, anything like that. Share the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube page as well. You all got us to over 1,250 subscribers in like two weeks. The site isn't even done yet. That's pretty awesome, guys. I underestimated how many people would follow and how many people would enjoy it. And I think you all are going to enjoy some of the other stuff I have. Um, if you all have any event footage, send it in. We'll run it on the YouTube and give you full credit, things of that nature. If you have any any pictures, uh, HD pictures, uh, we're always looking for stuff like that. Of the wrestlers, you creeps. Of the wrestlers or fighters. Yeesh. Um, yeah, visit the website, please. Bookmark it. Visit it every day. I am constantly updating. I'm putting in like 70, 80-hour work weeks on this thing. I uh, literally didn't work for just a few hours of my of my wake this week. So yeah, lots of lots of stuff coming up there. I have a great team covering boxing because I don't know a lot about boxing, but um, lots of MMA coverage, lots of pro wrestling coverage, 
We're going to have you all set for Battleground tomorrow. Post-show podcast might be going solo. We'll see about it. Um, and yeah, we haven't even gotten into the fun stuff. We're still talking about talking to more writers, bringing them on. Uh, we're going to bring in some, bring in some really, really good names. I think we already did that with bringing in Vince Russo and showdown Joe. I think it's pretty awesome. I have interviews coming up with EC three, the Pope, D'Angelo De Nera, Elijah Burke, um, the hurricane, Shane Helms, Muhammad Hassan, I've already had some up of uh, Michael Page. I'm, I know you all have seen that that Pokemon-related knockout he had last week, so there's that. All kinds of cool stuff. So, yeah, please support the site. Also, visit DraftBeast.com, the best in fantasy sports. I'm going to pitch some ideas to the guys at DraftBeast.com, see if I can get some fun stuff going with them. Um, also, visit that on it link in our uh, – podcast page i know one thing nobody has failed a drug test due to on it especially that alpha brain you think i'm bsing you guys i keep that right here for you audio listeners alpha brain helps me pull those 70 hour weeks helps me focus it's not a stimulant it's not like you know the adderall that everybody's taking completely safe to take i love it in fact, when they asked Joe Rogan, what kind of supplement do you want us to design? He said he wanted a nootropic, and he said he wanted something that developed into Alpha Brain. My favorite supplement in the world to take. Please go to our podcast page, click that link, order through on it. It really helps out the site. Also, tweet those people at it. Say, hey, I heard about you through the Fightful podcast. And Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful.com, all that good stuff. I will be back tomorrow night right after Battleground. I hope you guys join me. As I said, support the show, and I will support you. Somebody asked if I can get dilapidated boat into these podcasts. Jesus, I wish. His asking fee is way too much. Until next time, guys, we are out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.